Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. I want to read your scripture tonight, but before I do that, I want to teach you a little bit about hate. The Jews in Jesus' time hated the Romans. Like they hated the Romans. And it, it's probably a level of hatred that, that you and I really don't understand because, uh, you know, hopefully you don't hate uh, a, a particularly a, a race of people like the Jews hated the Romans but the Jews hated the Romans and the reason they did that was because the Romans had come in they were occupying Israel and they'd done some really bad stuff like for example when Jesus was born and Herod couldn't find Jesus he went and he killed all the children under two all the boys I mean that's got it that's that's yeah and then the, the Romans didn't invent crucifixion but they perfected it and they perfected it so that it kind of prolonged the death process so that it was an exceptionally painful and exceptionally horrible way to die. And uh, for instance, they, they would crucify so many people on it. In one uh, uprising where the Jews uh, tried a rebellion against the Roman soldiers, this is in 70 AD, the, the Romans crucified 10,000 Jewish people in one go. I mean, they were, they were hated. They were just... And, and they, were, they were so brutal. Like Herod was brutal. Uh, Herod's brother, Antipas, uh, he was the guy that kind of cut off uh, John the Baptist's head. I mean, there's just a brutality. There was a, that they were just hated by the Jews. Now, with that in mind, if you've got your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38. So you've got to bear this in mind, right? Jesus is talking to Jewish people. And he's about to say something that is insanely controversial. And he says in Matthew 5 and verse 38, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Whoever compels you to go within one mile, go with him too. So the concept was that it was a law was passed that if a, Jew, if a Roman soldier was walking into town, he could walk up and he could grab some little young man who's just going to be you. And I would, if I'm the Roman soldier, I would take off my pack and I would put the pack on the little Jewish boy and the little Jewish boy then had to carry my pack for a mile that was the law. Then he would drop the pack off. Then he had to walk the mile back. And that was the law. And so you've got this, this incredible hatred of, 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 of this, uh, these Roman soldiers. I mean, every time a Roman soldier walked past, you know, it was a, a, a statement of slavery and mastery and, and the fact that they were the, the occupying force. And now there's this law in where the, these, these, these Roman soldiers could compel you to go one mile. And if you didn't, you're in all sorts of trouble. I'm in brutal Rome. And then Jesus comes in and says, hey, I've got, I've got this great idea. Really, really cool idea, right? Just, if you're compelled to go a mile, go to. Like you imagine that, the, I mean, this, the, 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 Roman soldiers, the Roman soldiers were hated so much. And now Jesus is saying, if you're compelled to go a mile, go to. 
So I want to talk a little bit about second mile Christianity. Because I believe if we want to be radical disciples of Jesus Christ, it's about living in the second mile. So the first thing about the second mile is that it's the character mile. The principle of the second mile is to do more than what is expected. The second mile is to love those who don't love us. So the second mile is, is a mile that, that, that you show your character. That, that you can listen to the teachings of Jesus and go, you know what, I'm not just going to go one mile, but I'm going to go a second mile because that's where I'm showing my love for somebody that I don't like. See, it's easy to love people that love you back. It's easy to love people that, that are okay, nice people. But try loving somebody like a Roman soldier. This is talking about the, the second mile is a hard mile. But Jesus is saying, if you want to live and be a radical disciple of Jesus Christ, we've got to live in this second mile. The second mile is to return good for evil. That what, what this law that was, was compelling these, these Jewish boys to, 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 to struggle under the weight of the Roman soldiers' pack and uh, under punishment if they didn't do it, it's to say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'll go another mile. I'll return good for the evil that's being done. The first mile is the have-to have mile, but the second mile is the want-to mile. The second characteristic about the second mile is that it's the commitment mile. We go the first mile out of legalism, but we go the second mile out of love. You know, there's a, the story of the feet of the 5,000. Jesus is there on a hill and he's been preaching all day and they're, they're kind of out away from towns and food and McDonald's. And so they get to the end of the day and, and the, the, uh, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, like, it's half past four. Uh, we probably need to get rid of, you know, probably like, you know, the people here. And actually the Bible says the disciples went to Jesus and said, tell them to go away. Now, here are these hungry people, these people that are, are hungering for the teachings of Jesus. They've sat there all day listening to him. They're, they're hungry now because they haven't eaten all day. And the disciples' thought is, tell them to go away. And I, I, I brainstormed that a, a while ago, and I thought, wh why would they have this attitude? Like, what, what's, the, what's the prevailing thought behind this attitude? And so here's my list. Uh, the disciples were probably thinking, well, these guys can fix their hunger issues themselves. Their hunger is now inconvenient for me. Haven't we done enough for them already? We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough time. It's getting late in the day. Jesus, why is it our problem? Jesus is tired and has had a tough day and we need to protect him. We are tired and we've had a tough day and we just want to go home. We're in a deserted place. And so it becomes a, a, an inconvenience to the disciples. And so their whole strategy is tell them to go away. The second mile is about going the extra mile. The second mile is about showing love and uh, a heart for people. The third characteristic about the second mile is that it's the commission mile, the great commission mile. Now, let me tell you this. I'm a Roman soldier, and I'm walking in, and I grab a kid, and he's carrying my pack. The kid doesn't say anything for a mile. The Roman soldier doesn't say anything for a mile. They're walking. They get to the end of the mile, and the Roman soldier says to the kid, all right, kid, 
give me the pack. Okay, guys. No, I'll keep going. So then the first step of the second mile, they're walking along. They get about halfway, halfway into the second mile. And the Roman soldier goes, all right, kid, what gives? You know, I've been walking through a lot of Jewish towns and I've never, ever, ever had a person do two miles. What's the deal? And so the, the kid's there and he's just walking along. He goes, well, this guy called Jesus came into my, into, the, into my town the other day and he talked about how we've got to stop hating you guys and we've got to start loving you guys. And he was telling us this, you know, a whole different way of thinking. And, and, and so I was just so amazed that I just thought that I would just live my life according to his teachings. See, the second mile is where your Christian witness starts. Because everybody has to walk the first mile. So at times we can think in life that, that we kind of, we, we've, we've done, you know, a lot, but we're only still on the first mile. And everybody has to do the first mile. But your Christian witness starts on the second mile. That's the commission mile. That's the great commission mile. The fourth characteristic of the second mile, it's the cost mile. Just hang on, I managed to turn down the brightness on my iPad. I got up one time, I'd opened up my iPad and I carried it up, open, got up, prayed, opened my eyes and as I was walking up, I'd obviously rubbed it on my Bible and it had deleted the file. So I just looked down and I've got, I've got the right file open but all my sermon notes are gone. What was that? A really short sermon. Yes, it was. <laughs> anyway. The fourth, the fourth characteristic about the second mile is it's the, it's the cost mile or the sacrificial mile. That it, it, I mean, the, 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 Roman, the little, little Jewish boy, he would love to get back home. He had plenty of things to do. He was playing or whatever. But he sacrifices his time. He sacrifices energy. And he, he goes that second mile, that, that, that commission mile. It's the sacrifice mile. You know, I found in my life that sacrifice gets God's attention. You know, on, on Mount Carmel, they're, they're having, in, in the Old Testament, Elijah is, is having a, a fight with the prophets of Baal. And so they, uh, they get the... Um, the prophets of Baal, he basically, Elijah says, look, whoever can pray down fire from heaven, let's just serve that God. And so I'm thinking about doing this with like Islam. I reckon it'd be really cool. Anyway, so, so the prophets of Baal try and they, they pray down fire from heaven and they, they obviously it doesn't happen. And so then it's Elijah's turn. And Elijah says, hey, go and get me some buckets of water. So they go and get big, uh, big plastic buckets. Well, they didn't have plastic in those days, but use your imagination. Uh, because he was a time traveler. It was Doctor Who. Anyway, so Doctor Who's there, and he gets these big plastic uh, garbage bins, and, and Elijah says, pour water all over the, the, uh, the, the, the altar. And then he goes, hey, go and do it again. And then he says, do it a third time. I mean, so it's, it's completely drenched. Now, I always thought, for years I thought, that was because he, he just, I mean, lighting wet wood is hard, right? So I, I was thinking, obviously Elijah really wanted to prove that fire was coming down from heaven. Because as if like a big ball of fire coming down and lighting up this particular altar wasn't enough, but the fact that it was wet, that really proved it was God. This was in my thinking. 
what it was was that there'd been a drought in Israel for three and a half years so the most precious commodity in Israel at that point in time was water and so Elijah was basically not sacrificing a cow or a bull or he was basically sacrificing the most precious thing in the entire nation he sacrifices it pours it out to God and then we know the story that fire did come down from heaven but sacrifice attracts God's attention I mean if you have a look at the whole story of, uh, of, of Egypt and where Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, hey, let my people go. Every time Moses goes, okay, you can go, but look, leave your kids. Or you can go, but leave your goods. Or you can, but he always says, but you can't take your animals. And every time Moses says, we've got to take our animals because that's how we sacrifice to our God. And it was like, because Pharaoh is a type of the devil, it's like Pharaoh wanted to say, okay, you can go out into the desert, but I want to withhold your ability to sacrifice because the devil knows that if, you are, if, if, if he can move you over to a place where you won't sacrifice, then he wins. And so the, the second mile is the sacrifice mile. Now, some other things about the second mile. It's a lonely road. I mean, there's a traffic jam on the first mile. Everybody walks the first mile. But few people are willing to travel that second mile. So it's a lonely road. So don't, if you're on the second mile, don't, uh, don't think that there's going to be a lot of you know, back slapping and high fives because there's no traffic jams on the second mile. The second mile never ends. The Bible doesn't introduce a third mile. The second mile is a zone about the way you do life. And if we're going to be radical disciples of Jesus Christ, then this is, this is the zone we live in. We, we must live in the second mile zone. It's not a matter of, oh, well, that's it. Yep, I've done my second mile obligation. I'm now a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now I'll go back to the first mile because that's a lot better. There's a lot more friends down here. The second mile never ends. And it's a, it's a choice we have to make to be disciples of Jesus Christ and, and to, to make that extra effort, to make that sacrifice, to look for the opportunities, to look for the opportunities of telling people about Jesus. Because again, it's not till the second mile that your Christian witness starts. The second mile, on the second mile, you'll always be under attack. Have you noticed that, that and it's part of our, our Aussie culture, we don't often celebrate people that, that move forward. You know, we're a bit of a nation of knockers. You know, it's a tall poppy syndrome. The, the moment somebody starts to, to step up a little bit, we kind of, we want to snip them back so that we're all kind of equal. And, and it's, it's one thing that I don't like about Australia is that, that tall poppy syndrome. I, I think that the, the nation of America, I think, in, in my brain, uh, is a bit more encouraging when people step up. You know, they, they want to they encourage you and, yeah, give it a go. Uh, you know, you, you say in America, hey, I want to go into business, and, and people will kind of tell you, oh, you could do this and you could do that. You say you want to go into business in Australia, oh, that'll never work. <laughs> but I haven't even told you the idea of the business. Yeah, no. Nah. The economy's really bad at the moment. And, you know, and, and so it, it's when, when even in Christians, in churches, people that want to go the second mile are often attacked even by people in their own church. I, I, I appreciate the fact 
the Shell Harbour Community Church is a second mile church. I mean, it's filled with second mile individuals, but it's also a second mile church. I mean, just before the service tonight, we, we had a, a meeting with uh, you know, some of the people that do city serve and people that do Vanuatu and people that do food care. And, and uh, it wasn't food care, was it? No. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's breakfast coming. But the, 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 the buzz in the room is about how are we going to serve people? How can we serve our city? How can we serve? And, and it's all about, so it's going that extra mile. I mean, there, there's some things that this church does that it doesn't have to do but it does it because it's a second mile church and we're going to champion we're going to champion churches like that and we've got to champion individuals that want to go that second mile so understand that the second mile you'll always be under attack and certainly from the devil you know i've found that that um the, the, the devil doesn't really applaud a person that says hey i want to be a radical disciple of jesus christ have you found that uh i, I find that the devil applauds if i uh, get offended uh, the devil applauds if I uh, quit uh, the devil applauds if I'm ineffective uh, that, that, that's how you know, the devil becomes you know, a cheer, your cheer, cheer squad but I, I want to tick the devil off I want to be a, a radical disciple of Jesus Christ it just ticks the devil off I don't want ever to, for the devil to go hey that's good Pete yeah, just keep doing that you're damaging the kingdom of, of God uh, I want to build the kingdom of God and, and live in a radical way another characteristic of the second mile is it's a burdensome mile again it's it, that the pack that the soldiers had to carry was very heavy and for a little jewish boy it was heavier still and the reality is that second mile living second mile christianity second mile discipleship comes with a certain burden it's a burden for others it's a spiritual burden it's a compassion it's a, a burden of time. It's a burden of intentionality. It can be a burden of cost. You know, going, going the second mile can cost you money. That's not the Good Samaritan. Because sometimes you hear as a pastor, you hear comments like, our oh, church is just about your money. Yeah, it costs money to help people. You know, you look at the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, which is a story Jesus told. Somewhere along the line, the, 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 the guy, the Samaritan, had to, had to have the money to buy a donkey had to have the money to buy the wine and the bandages and the oil that he poured on the, on the, uh, on the sick guy, the beaten up guy. He had to have money to then go and buy a motel, put him in the motel and then say to the guy, hey, you just look after him now, I'll pay you and when I come back, I'll fix you up. I mean, it takes money to help people. And there's a, uh, there's a cost for second mile living. A couple more. The second mile is different for each person. My second mile will be different to your second mile. And we've got to find that place that, that God has for us where, where God wants us to go that second mile in certain areas. But it's different for each person. The last one is that the second mile leads to joy. It's the mile that brings a smile. The reality is that first mile Christianity you're kind of not radicalized enough to really enjoy the full benefits of Christianity and so you're kind of it's almost you're kind of half in half out but God when he when he he he, he when Jesus taught it's about a different way of living that we are to be in this world but not of this world that we are to think different we're to engage with people different 
where to spend money different, where to engage with uh, Aussie culture different. That means that we, we engage with alcohol differently. We engage with pornography differently. We engage with drugs differently. That there's a, that there's a, a difference about the way we live. You know, the, a really sad story out of America a couple of years ago, uh, the George Barner Institute is a research institute. And, and they devised uh, 28, they, they come up with a list of 28 things where they said the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian should be very stark in these 28, such as uh, drunkenness, divorce, affairs, pornography, things like that. That you kind of go, okay, if you're a Christian, well, you, you know, you, you're not... You're not into drunkenness and you're not into porn and you're not into affairs and anyway they come up with these 28 lists then they did a whole stack of research and they found out that in 18 of the 28 so the majority 18 of the 28 there was no discernible difference between the way Christians acted and the way non-Christians acted in 18 of the 28 you know that, that tells me that a lot of people a lot of Christians live in the first mile Jesus is calling us to radical discipleship. Jesus is calling us to live in the second mile, to have this as part of, uh, a part of the way we live. This is the way we think. We're a, we're a second mile church. We're a second mile individual. It, it might be you're, you might say, well, I'm a second mile family. Our family goes the extra mile. And, and it may be that you, you, are, uh, uh, you make that decision. You have to be intentional to live out what Jesus is calling us to live. I think if you're going to be a Christian, be a good one. I don't think Christianity should ever be done half-hearted, lukewarm, something to tick a box. I go to church because my parents, you know, just so I can make my parents happy. Or Christianity is a transformational experience that we encounter the Savior of the world. And out of that transformational encounter, we make the decision to live in the second mile. Father, we just thank you, Lord, today. Father, for the challenge, God, of radicalized Christianity. Father, we don't want to be lukewarm. Father, we don't want to just, just exist and tick the Christian box. Father, we want to make a difference in this world. Father, we want to be radicalized. Father, we want to be passionate, sold out, second mile Christians, second mile church. Father, we want to be in a second mile movement. Help us, God. Grab us in 2016. And as every head's bowed, every eye's closed, maybe there's some people here tonight that don't know Jesus. Love to introduce you. Love to take you straight to the second mile. Radicalized living, passionate living. Is there anybody tonight that you just raise your hand, say, Peter, pray for me. I'd love to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. been a Christian for most of my life and I just wouldn't have it any other way change your eternal destiny change your life right now different way of living Father help us be radicalized in 2016 Father we yield it to you now in Jesus name Amen